And I think that's what's wrong about a lot of the news is that there's just so many narratives and you're adding your own opinion and your own sensationalism to a simple story and that's deterring from their story and from what they're passionate about. What if we actually listen to these incredible ideas people have from both sides and, and like come together, come to the table like our great country is supposed to be and how we've always done it. So welcome to episode 81 of the AFT Construction Podcast and I'm your host Brad Levitt and in this episode I sit down with Charlie La Pastora. Charlie was an incredible guest. You know, we met through a mutual connection and he is a sports multimedia journalist. He's a podcaster and also an editor and writer. And he's worked for some amazing companies, you know, giants in the industry such as NBC News, Sinclair Broadcast Group, and most recently Fox. And it was a very interesting conversation. You know, one of the terms that he used was if it bleeds, it leads, right? Which is what most of us understand that the media is out there, they're creating all this divisiveness for us as listeners. They know that it creates revenue for them. And he talked about how he has been fighting that mainstream media to really show the true sides, both sides of the story and what's really happening behind the scenes. You know, how we can fight that as an industry and as a culture and really come together. It's in the best interest of these marketing channels to create this divisiveness and how do we combat that? And he's doing some amazing things on his personal podcast. He's doing some amazing things with his wife, Amber J. Shared some incredible insight on his livelihood, his background from adolescent to where he is today and how you can apply social media and branding to leverage not only your personal brand, but also your business, which most of us listening can really use a lot of this information to enhance our brain. So without further ado, let's get started. So welcome to the AFT Construction Podcast. I'm Brad Levitt, and today we're super fortunate to have with us Charlie La Pastora. So welcome, Charlie. Thank you, Brad. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, and Charlie, I, I've been super excited to have him on. We've, we were introduced a while back. Charlie, he's a writer. He's a podcast host. He's a multimedia uh, journalist. He has so much to share. I mean, he's involved in so many uh, different media, uh, you know, in the environment and everything he's doing, and it just fascinates me, just his his energy, his ambition, and I'm super excited to have you on today, Charlie. So let, let, let's start with this. What instilled the desire for you to pursue a career in journalism? Yeah, that's a great question, Brad, and it goes back to my senior year of college at Oakley. Shout out to Michigan, by the way. I'm a huge, passionate <laughs> Michigander. Have you ever met a Michigander? No. <laughs> so you got to put up the, the mitten. So I'm from this area of, of Michigan, and, and so I went to Oakland University, and it was a long process of, uh, I went to a different college my freshman year. I transferred and ended up, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful to have uh, won the Meritorious Achievement Award from um, the College of Arts and Sciences there. And they asked me to do the uh, the. So what is speech. that? What, what does that entail? I mean, how do you, how are you nominated? How do you win that award? It was basically, so I, uh, I was nominated by a professor who saw something in me and she was like, I want you to do our college commencement speech. Wow. And so it was, uh, it was a long process because I never pictured myself going to this university. I, w I wanted to, so just to start off, my faith in Christ is huge, you know, so I'm a big believer. And so I went to this um, freshman, my freshman year, I went to this college, uh, this Christian college, and I thought it was going to be my, my future wife, have a, a bunch of Christian best friends, and we we're going <laughs> to, you know, all, they're all going to be my homies, and it was going to be great. Um, but the Lord had other plans and, and I transferred to a, a university, Oakland, that was nearby my, my home. And so um, I believe everything happens for a reason and was able to get really involved there like I always have been, um, played lacrosse there and, you know, got really involved, like, like I mentioned. And so I took 20 credits my senior year of college. And one of those internships I took, I had an internship with the Pistons throughout my year there. Um, internship with uh, with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in 2012, which we can touch on that later, but that was very life-changing for me because I went overseas and served in Italy, in Romania, in London during the Olympics, and in mm -hmm. Wales. And that was just a, a transforming summer for me. And then my senior year of college, um, I actually thought I was going to go into sports ministry full-time. And my senior year of college, when I took that internship at Fox, with those 20 credits, it was a morning news internship. So I was waking up early, the early morning grind of news, like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., going to class. But I just love that. I love the, uh, the capability of telling stories for a living and getting paid for it. That seemed really intriguing to me. And then I started getting this, this further itch, like, Charlie, like, you know, you, uh, you could really just, you, you could be used here. And, I'm, and I was like, what, what are you talking about? Like, and this was like the Lord telling me, like, I need you to be my soldier in the media because there's so much negativity. Mm -hmm. There's so much darkness out there. And there's just, we need more people to bring 
that light and it's just and i've i've learned that i've seen that firsthand now being in the business and and having that seen that in my career but i felt that strong calling early on my senior year of college taking this internship and so that's really where it started brad that's interesting you know i've seen this change whether it be sports whether it be general media mm -hmm. you know politics there's it seems that the stronger the opinion the greater the divide whether there's mm -hmm. You know, it creates divisiveness. It creates maybe more revenue. I mean, you're, you're in this. I mean, you see this. So why do you think they, they focus more, let's just say, on the dark than the light, that they're more on the, uh, you know, creating this resistance instead of showing the good things that are happening, which are happening out there? Yeah, that's a great question, Brad. And I'll, I'll go back to, so my first, like, real job uh, after college, well, the job I had right after college was as a farmer, believe it or not, in Michigan, <laughs> because I'm it, like these reporter jobs, especially coming out of college. I had this experience like with all these internships and, you know, this international experience and, and working at Fox. And I really wanted to, to get plugged in, learning the reporting side, the producing side, the editor side. So I did everything I could to learn from all aspects of news. And so I was waiting. <laughs> I remember staying on, on my, uh, my mom's house on, on the floor on a mattress you know, while doing this farming job and, and teaching kids how to farm. Like I had to learn how to farm to teach these kids yeah. how to farm in Michigan. But that's the job I had. And then so the first job I had was in northern Michigan uh, in Traverse City. And so they hired me to be a bureau reporter, a multimedia re journalist bureau reporter in this county called Roscommon County. And it's crazy because in in my my I just got married to my beautiful bride in 2017. Congrats! Thank you so much. She's the best woman ever. Shout out to you, Amber J. I love you, baby. <laughs> and uh, and honestly, that all came about because uh, I'm gonna get to your question in a second. But yeah. this is all tied into that. Mm -hmm. So 2015, I flew out to San Francisco to, to do it to a journalism conference, and I met my beautiful bride now bride there and. It's, it was one of those things where when you know, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we dated long distance, engaged long distance, and we were praying a lot. And the day before our wedding, uh, got a got a job offer to do uh, to be a national multimedia reporter here in Phoenix with Fox News. And so that was a crazy journey because I thought we were going to be in L.A. after dating long distance, engaged long distance. And so we ended up coming here. So backtrack to northern Michigan. Because in our wedding, my, my brother, my best man, he said that the median age was 75. So he said, if you're going to get, you know, a bride, you'd have to go to like a, a senior home or something, you know, <laughs> like I was not going to find her there. So the Lord had a plan to have me go to San Francisco and, and for us to meet, like we were like one of the last ones at the conference and we met and it was incredible. And so grateful to God to be married to her now. And so during that time in Northern Michigan, um, I remember in a news meeting, uh, the news director was saying, yeah, you know, we're going to lead with like the, the fires or these, these, it's what's called hard news in mm -hmm. the industry. There's like soft news, hard news, evergreen news, which is stories you can use any type of, any type of mm -hmm. time. And, you know, th they do these surveys, right? And these surveys, the general consensus of the American public, at least for whoever they, they conduct these surveys with, they, they want to see, you know, unfortunately, that that hard news at first so when you watch the news it's always gonna be i think that, you know the term in the news is if it bleeds it leads and i think that is such a uh, an unfortunate slogan for our news because when you think about watching the news you want to see what's actually true like you want to see authentic journalism you want to see what's going on and, and if you're just going to sensationalize it mm -hmm. i know that's a stereotype of the news and, and there's there's actually obviously real good journalists out there who actually report and, and 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 tell the facts and tell it how it is, but um, that there's a there's a cyclic there's, it's a cyclical effect, right? So if you do these surveys and the consensus of the public is oh we want to see that drama, I mean look at our, our culture reality shows are so popular people want to be in the drama like what for whatever reason if things are are, are going bad at home or you know things are, go, are not going too well maybe if they can immerse themselves in other people's lives and you know, see their drama, then they'll be okay. I don't know what it is about our American culture, but there's just this this innate need to to maybe see some of that or like, I don't know. And so I, I think what it is, is that they do these surveys and that's what pays the bills. If if people did these surveys and they were like, oh, I want to see more positive, uplifting news, they would probably lead with that. But then it gets deeper when you ask about the opinion. And, you know, having worked in national and local news, I find that the national news, 
there are, you know, people stick to the facts and, you know, there are good stories that are out there. But if you watch any cable news program, it's a lot of opinion. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, the divisiveness. Yeah. So people, whether they fall on the left or to the right, they're going to tune into one channel yep. and they're going to stay there. And that channel is going to be on 24 seven mm-hmm. and they're going to feed into that. Mm-hmm. But like, what about listening to maybe the other, the other network side. and listening to the people who are watching that network? And like, what if we actually listen to these incredible ideas people have from both sides and, and like come together, come to the table like our great country is supposed to be and how we've always done it? Yeah, see, that, that, that's the quandary we're in because, you know, for me, I look at this and I have friends on the right side, friends on the left right. side, you know, and, and different nationalities, different backgrounds. You know, I grew up in San Diego. I live here in Phoenix. I've had people on my podcast. We've spoken openly about race, about other things that are happening, right? This is yep. an ongoing conversation. And, you know, the problem is a, a lot of us get comfortable in our own echo chamber. Yeah. You know, I get comfortable in my own, just call it your own culture, your own upbringing, your own life experience. And that's what's comfortable, right? And so it's easy to get in that and not understand, well, what is, what's Charlie's background? He's from the Midwest. He's from Michigan. What's his culture? What's his background? Mm-hmm. And there's no reaching across the table to understand that, look, a lot of us are the same, but we're not communicating that. And then to the fault of our media, like this is big money, as you mentioned, you know, they're going to lead you, call it the soft heart and evergreen. I think of evergreen from a sports analogy, look at ESPN, ESPN is going to say, okay, we're going to lead with Tim Tebow, we're going to lead with LeBron James, the Dallas Cowboys. Like every time, you know, Baker Mayfield, these are, these are big, uh, you know, they're lightning rods, right? They're going to bring revenue. And, and so you're creating these evergreen stories or things that are very divisive because the opinion side, the ratings are going to be higher. There's more money and people, you know, fall into their echo chambers and they can't get out. They can't see the other side because, you know, they're not doing research, but how from your side, I mean, Charlie, here you are, you're, I know you're trying to make a change to this. I know on your website, you personally, this is really important to you that you're going to come in and you're going to bring authenticity. You're going to change. You're going to bring some honesty behind it. How do you fight? I shouldn't say fight, but without getting you in trouble, I mean, I'm sure anytime you're employed, your employer is going to have some certain things saying, Charlie, you know, here's the direction we need to go. Here's what we need to speak on. You know, here's the news that we need to cover. You know, how do you fight that for someone who's paying your paycheck and still, you know, be an authentic journalist, which you want to be? Yeah, that's a great question, Brad. I would say so that those first two years in northern Michigan, it was a uh, I had a lot more. I had a lot of freedom, actually, because there was a lot of trust there. You know, um, I, I, I was covering Roscommon County, like I mentioned, and I it was their first time having somebody in this position. And so they wanted to compete with the competitor of, of that other channel out up there. And so uh, they had me covering three counties and it turned into, well, you've got a news car, you've got a laptop editor, you've got a microphone, you can do it all. You can go out and shoot the video, you can edit, you can come back and report live reports to these two different uh, channels and boom, there you go. And, and it turned into covering 10 counties on my own. I was trucking through blizzards in Northern <laughs> Michigan, man. It's cold up it's there. It's cold. And so I came home and like, I love coffee. I'm a big coffee drinker. I love some good coffee. And the closest coffee shop was McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> so I was so excited when I got assigned to reports that were, uh, that were in Mount Pleasant, which is where Central Michigan is, or, or up north more because they had a Starbucks, but it was inside a grocery store, you know? So uh, there was a lot of freedom there. And I really, I was grateful for that opportunity. And honestly, every time I, I took, like, I got really close with, um, uh, obviously, uh, uh, just a, a ton of people out there, and and you know, I, uh, you know, talking to the sheriffs, you, you talk to law enforcement, you make connections, you build connections in the industry, and that's so important that you don't, you you want to have integrity, you want to be, and, that, and that's what I've leaned back on is my character and my integrity and my professionalism. You know, when I do my job, I want to do it with excellence, and I want to tell the story the right way, and so, a lot of times. Um, I, I was able to do that in that Northern Michigan space. And, and I'm really grateful for that. You know, even though I would, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm traumatic a little bit because I would have a personal phone in my work phone and I would, I would always be on call, right? And so when I get that text, I get that call, oh, you gotta go to this breaking news scene, you gotta go. And so um, there was a lot of that and a lot of breaking news, a lot of feature stories I was able to tell. And then, and then I go to, to Arkansas and that's where I, um, I do more of the sports side, the sports producing, the anchoring. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of freedom there. And that was cool because we were doing uh, broadcasts for 
different states in Florida, Louisiana, in the Northeast, all from this this little station, um, this little studio in Arkansas. And and so then when I went to, to Fox News, um, I would say, yeah, it was, I'm really grateful for that experience. I'm grateful for every experience. I would just say that there's times where uh, I would, I'll say this. So there was one article I did, you know, the, the whole vaccination argument. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's definitely, um, there's two, ar- there's arguments to both sides. Right. And I think the narrative is, oh, they're anti-vaxxers, you know, like, oh, they're just crazy. But there's actual um, moms out there who care about the well-being of their children and want, you know, believe in the freedom to make that decision, mm-hmm. whatever side of the argument you're on. And so I did a whole story and um, it went through all the processes of I, I talked to a doc, uh, someone involved with a documentary about it. I talked to a mother who the anti-vaccination waivers were rising in Arizona. And then I talked with... Um, obviously the Arizona Department of Health, and yep. they're going to promote the vaccination. So this mm-hmm. told both sides of the story, which I believe is important. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that story did not get published. And so I don't know why that is, but um, I mean, that was like the only really thing where I saw... Any pushback. Any pushback, yeah. Other than that, everything... I was able to tell stories that I was passionate about and 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 and, and tell them the way that I knew best is getting both sides to the table and letting them tell the story and me just be the conduit to whatever that that story is. And so a lot of times when I go to a scene, I just uh, I want to go in with a fresh perspective of, hey, what's going on here? What are you passionate about? And what what is your story? And and let's let's tell that story as opposed to I've been told before, maybe go in and, and have a certain way of framing how you want to you know, conjured up this story. And I'm like, how is that, that you're going in then with a narrative? And I think that's what's wrong about a lot of the news is that there's just so many narratives and you're adding your own opinion and your own sensationalism to a simple story. And that's deterring from their story and from what they're passionate about. This episode is brought to you by Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove. For over 75 years, Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove has specialized in refrigeration, cooking, and dishwashing that can be found in some of the world's most luxurious homes. At AFT Construction, we look forward to crafting our client's dream kitchen when building the home of their dreams. To get this process started, we locate the nearest showroom and set up an appointment. It's that easy. Since Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove specializes in three major categories, we can make all of our kitchen selections in one stop. The first one is that Sub-Zero handles refrigeration. They are the preservation specialist. Key features included fresher, longer dual refrigeration, advanced air purification, precise temperature control, customized modular design. This ensures tastier, healthier food and eliminates waste so that the food stays fresher longer. Second is that Wolf is the cooking specialist. Key features include precise heat control, predictable, consistent temperature, intuitive controls, and easy-to-use technology. Everything is designed with you in mind. These features enhance flavors of food, ensure consistency, and eliminates guesswork. Delicious results every time. And last but not least is Cove, the cleaning specialist. Key features include precise water flow, superior drying conditions, fully adjustable interior for every need, and so quiet it never interrupts. Not only are all products functional and reliable, they look great, truly built to last. To schedule an appointment at your near Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove showroom, visit subzero-wolf.com backslash showroom or click the link in our show notes below. So how, how do you stay neutral? I mean, Charlie, what's fascinating is as, as you're a reporter, as you're a journalist and you know, all the media that you do, mm-hmm. how, how do you keep from being super opinionated in the sense that you have your upbringing, you have your life experience, you have your network and people mm-hmm. you've met. So you have yeah. some, you know, your reality is going to be different than the next person. But as you're interviewing someone and trying to understand their perspective, trying to understand their side of the story per se, just with the vaccination, how, how do you keep yourself neutral without getting emotionally involved on one side or the other? Mm, that's a great question. I think it just comes from my, um, just, just my, my passion to be able to relate with all different types of people. And I think that stems from from growing up. So I was very involved with with sports, with uh, academics, with band, and you know I was I was cool. So with, you're meeting people of all different like backgrounds and interests and hobbies and yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't matter. And there is a different, you know, athletes are different than people that are in band and music mm-hmm. are different to athletic or to academics. And so you're meeting these different people, with different interests and personalities. One hundred percent. 
yeah, so from playing football to basketball to tennis, you know, his name captain my te- my senior year of high school, which I never thought I'd play tennis. <laughs> I thought I was going to play basketball. I thought I was going to go, you know, go to college and play play ball. And so ended up playing tennis and then playing lacrosse in college. And then, yeah, man, just getting uh, getting really involved with band. I played percussion. Um, I was in the National Honor Society and then was voted homecoming king, you know, just because I, I just I, I was like, I was very grateful to God for that because. I was like, what? It, it was a crazy moment. Like, I thought someone else was going to get it. But then to have your peers recognize you and, like, I was just cool with everyone. And then that that, that uh, parlayed into college where, you know, I got involved with so many different groups and ended up in that same university. They gave me the, the Keeper of the Dream Award, which is the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Keeper of the Dream Award promoting interracial understanding on campus. Mm-hmm. So during university, I had a radio show and I would bring guests in. Of, of different races, um, different backgrounds. And uh, and also, you know, going back to that trip in 2012, uh, doing mission work overseas, you know, I had, there was, there was a language barrier there, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, How long were you overseas? I was there for three months. Wow. And, and it's yeah. different. See, I think a lot of people, whether it's, it's a mission thing or a service thing or mm-hmm. Peace Corps, whatever, I mean, the yeah. opportunity to go live in another culture, another country, and not, not just as a tourist where you're on vacation in the hotel, but when you're actually living outside another country to understand the diversity and understanding and food and the day-to-day schedule. I mean, there's a lot of value there. I lived in Argentina, and so I can relate to that, right? right? It, living there had yeah. a lot of appreciation for other parts of the world and other people and other, other cultures. Yeah, 100%. And so, yeah, it was with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so they chose seven guy athletes, seven girl athletes from all over the world. And we had to come together and literally learn how to be a team, be a cohesive unit to, to do our mission, to go out to these sports camps and share the gospel and, and play sports and have fun and, and, and just love on these kids who are, a lot of them are coming from rough upbringings. And so we had three weeks in the Alps Mountains of Italy. And I'll never forget these moments, man, because, you know, I, I came from a, a situation where I love both my parents, man. They, they've been so supportive. They were divorced, you know, and so that was a very traumatic situation for me. And then I go into a situation with my, my stepfather who uh, my mom got remarried not even a year after that. And he was very, you know, emotionally abusive and he was uh, very much judgmental. And to the point where I even got, you know, kicked out of my house at, at, during one summer when I was interning with the Pistons and I had to stay with my buddy um, just because, you know, at the time my mom didn't support um support this relationship I was in that she ended up being right but anyways my stepdad used that against me and my mom is is, has been so apologetic since then and she just came to find out later that he was really jealous of of me just trying to be to be successful or just trying to be a good person Mm -hmm. like as I was growing up and so he would use all of that jealousy and just spew it on me constantly and give me lectures all the time and so for me that was that really affected me internally of like man I, I Am I really like, where am I really like talented? Am I really good enough? And so when I did this trip, the, the team leader from Germany, shout out to him, man, David, and he would encourage us to pursue our dreams and pursue our callings and to pursue our gifts. And so there was one time where he would have us um, run around, like he would, uh, he would after this, this, this Italian lunch, this full spread, he would have us run for uh, like two hours after the meal, just straight up, like in the parking lot. And he came after me, he, he came to me afterwards and said, Charlie, you know, you basically just ran a half marathon. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even know I could run that far, like playing ball. Like I, I'll just, you know, I can have agility here and there, or tennis, you know, I can, you know, I have that speed and quickness, but I didn't know I could have that full endurance. Right. And so that, that was huge to me because that, that made me realize like, wow, I can, I can do more than what I can even think mentally I can do. And so I ended up, when I came back, I ended up running a, a full marathon in Detroit and so that was a, an accomplishment for me and um, just being able to go there and then being asked to be the head dance coach like one or two nights before the Italian camp. And so I'm like, all right, like right, I'll, I'll coach dance. And <laughs> dude, that guy, he used the, my fun fact against me because I said my like <laughs> my freshman year of college, I did like one or two hip hop choreographed dances for fun. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, Charlie, normally we have a cheerleader intern or a dance intern. This summer we don't, so can you be the head dance coach? <laughs> I'm like, okay. And so me and another uh, team member, we just got together, threw some danceable songs, and man, just went there, 
there's like 40, like seven to 12 year old Italian girls just wanting to learn dance that summer in that camp. And, uh, and man, just taught three choreographed dances. And their parents came and, and, and they, they, uh, they were able to perform in front of their parents at the end of the camp. And it was amazing. That was a huge faith building journey for me because I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And even in that situation where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. God gave me the strength even through jet lag. And so that was huge. Um, but yeah, being able to do that with the language barrier, uh, there was an Italian translator and then going to Romania. In Romania, Brad, there is this gypsy community and, and they, they're born in the trash. They live in the trash. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of them where they die. And so we just came there with a soccer ball and this other guy from Romania. And he, he was talking to them in Romanian, trying to spread the love of Christ. And uh, we went there and then went to uh, London, where I actually was able to coach what I love, basketball there. So we were in Hackney, which is um, a rougher area of London. And, you know, just serve the kids there and, and coach basketball. But yeah, I would say it's just a part of me, Brad. Like I am, I think everybody has a story to tell and everybody's important. And especially what's been going on with this, you know, the Stop Asian Hate or the Black Lives Matter movement last year. You know, I think that it has to be deeper than just the trend, Brad. Mm -hmm. It has to be something that we, as a society, we, we embrace each other for who we are. And I think that helps me being able to relate with people. I'm also half Filipino and half white. And so I think being able to have a little bit of that Filipino flair, you know, like, <laughs> man, you don't want to mess with me on the court, you know? I've got that Pacquiao in me, but I'm also white. So I, you know, I'm also white, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just something that that's, that's just who I am, Brad. Like, I, I love people. I really think people are... I, people are amazing. People are crucial to our society to continue to grow and to become better. And we need to understand each other more. So I think that helps me to, to I guess, be able to relate with it. You know, if I'm, I'm, if I'm going, my assignment is talking to politicians, I'll talk to a Democrat, mm -hmm. the same way I'll talk to a Republican, the same way I'll talk to an independent. Yep. I'll talk to a black person, the same way I'll talk to a Hispanic person, the same way I'll talk to an Asian American. Same, I'll talk to a Caucasian person. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you have five mil in the bank or if you've got a penny, you know, on the street. I want to talk to you. You know, my wife and I were so big on just giving props to, um, we just moved out of our apartment, but being close to the janitorial staff, mm -hmm. you know, because their their work is is paramount to having the apartment go, you know, or else it'd be all, all messy, you know? Mm -hmm. So we just have a passion for, being with people and, and sometimes that, that causes us to, uh, you know, be in conversations for long periods of time, even with our neighbors. And, you know, if we have another event to get to, but to us, relationships are essential and keeping those relationships um, from marriage to friendships to community. Now we're super excited. Welcome one of our new sponsors to the podcast, Pella Windows. And this is even more exciting because we use Pella in so many of our projects, nearly all of them. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relationships with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers, because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to, to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. Their, their company culture, their integrity, their honesty, you know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. And now let's get back into the episode. There has to be this trust that you're building with your audience. Yeah. And so, you know, how, do, how have you found to build that integrity or that relationship? I mean, when you're meeting with people and, and, and writing a story, whether it be an athlete, whether it be, you know, the vaccination, as you mentioned, you know, how, how do you get them to trust you, you know, right off the bat? How do you build 
uh, that relationship of trust with them. Mm. Trust is everything. Integrity is everything. Character is everything when it comes to relationships, right? I really believe that. And so I would say <clears throat> for me, it would be just uh, going back to the authenticity. I'm going to be myself. I'm not going to be somebody who, who I'm not. And so I think that can, can draw people into conversation. And for me, prayer is powerful. And so I know that I have a job to do. And so uh, I, I would pray, honestly, before each assignment. I'd be like, Lord, I have this, especially in Northern Michigan, I have this story. I have this deadline. I got to sign it at 1130. It has to be turned into a live report with video edited together by 5 p.m. And the story is an hour and a half away. So help me to have... A, a, just a contact. And so, you know, the Lord provided, man, every time. And so for whatever story I was assigned, um, whether that be, you know, going to a, a situation where this this woman was surprised or, or she found her, her long lost brother on social media or something. And so I went to document that experience where they met for the first time, you know, finding each other on, on social media or you know, just getting assigned to cover a breaking news fire or something like that. You know, just I remember the assignment editor up there. She said, man, if all, if any of you guys think that you can't find like a contact for this day, Charlie will go throughout the forest and find a bear to talk to. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so to be able to build those relationships and keep them, you know, I think for me, it's just just being myself and and just trying to find ways to relate with people. And like I mentioned previously, to share their story, because that's why I'm there. That's why I'm doing my job, like to to share their story. That's like literally what I get paid to do. So I'm not going to do it in a way that's going to be compromising. Right. I want to first and foremost honor God, my wife, my family. And that's the best way I know how to. And so to be able to keep those and build those is just, you know, continuing to stay in contact with them. If there's another story uh, where they would be a good good contact. Uh, it's just, that's just what it's all about, the integrity. That's interesting. So, you know, from a media side, when you start looking at social media, right, I'm sh even in your, your career, not mm -hmm. young career, but even through your career, right, you've seen media change. You've seen social media change. You know, different apps become popular. It's changed how we get information as a society, as individuals. You know, in the construction world, I've seen it really accelerate, right? So Instagram has become really popular for construction. It's been popular for a while now and TikTok, and you have Howl's, and some of these apps that, you know, LinkedIn mm -hmm. even. What I've seen is, is not only are we able to showcase and market and brand our work and our company, but it's also a networker, right? I've, I've found that now through Instagram, I'm able to network with other builders and architects and designers and professionals and entrepreneurs and, you know, uh, journalists such as yourself that inspire me because I, I think it's, it's really important to understand all these different, you know, careers. And going back to it, you know, it's allowed me to have a quick connection with people and understand, well, how do you run your business? How much do you charge, you know, for your fees so that I can be a better business owner? Mm -hmm. How have you seen social media impact your career, your business? Is there a certain platform that's more beneficial for you as you've, you know, built your personal brand? Yeah, I would say, I would say Twitter, I think has been something that I've really, uh, I've tweeted a lot uh, in my news career, including in my sports career, and especially when everything went virtual mm -hmm. last year. Um, I've been so used to doing remote work where I think that, you know, last year when everything crazy happened, they really relied upon me, the sports department, to, to knowing that I have that remote experience. And so it was a lot of tweeting a lot, Brad, with the uh, press conferences, with, you know, the local sports teams here, their coaches, their players, and, and making sure that you know, we, we cater to that audience as well because there's an audience that watches TV, you know, the physical broadcast. There's also an audience that, um, you know, is scrolling and just wants little bits here and there. And what do you find more of? Like, is the audience more prone to TV now, to cable? Is it more prone to social media or little, you know, snips or, you know, little clips of, of the message? Where do, you, where do you find in that most people are watching and listening? I think, I think t people still tune into TV. I think that's a very... Um, that's a large resource for news to, to be spread still. I, I also think that social media is really growing though. And I think a lot of people are are tuning to their news and their sports more to their phones because it's so more, it's, it's easily it's accessible. It's accessible, yep. Mm -hmm. It's very easily accessible. And so you uh, I think you're seeing that a lot more with, with consumption of news and, and consumption of you know personal your personal brand. And so yeah, I, Twitter a lot with the news. I would say Instagram for more personal 
you know, sharing your life sto- story and and uh, and using that more actually for for my podcast, Instagram, and then TikTok. Actually, uh, my wife st- ha- has a TikTok. It's at Byron Bajay, and so you can follow her on TikTok. And you know, we've seen just um, as I mentioned, you know, our passion is just to to have that that wholesome, um, just positive, encouraging, you know media out there. And so we, we find that TikTok, actually, we found a community uh, and we call them our, our wholesome fam, our wholesome community, where they're looking for content that's not, <laughs> I don't, you know, that's just not, um, it's just not like crazy like that, where you just, especially as a married man, you know, you see all of these billboards and advertisements and, and these girls are wearing like, you know, like half, like they're not wearing anything. And I got to protect my eyes, you know, I, I got to, I'm, I'm married, man. I'm probably married. <laughs> I am taken. And my wife is the best, most beautiful woman ever, man. So, you know, so we, we just are trying to find a, a um, we're just trying to have a space where people can go to if they're tired of, of seeing all the, the fakeness and all the facades, like, you know, as I mentioned previously, just to keep it real. So TikTok has been great for us for that. That's awesome. Yeah. To create something wholesome. And I know you have your own podcast, which, yes. you know, you're a podcaster and so, yeah, before we get into the podcast and what you're doing there and the authenticity, which I really enjoy, you know, I, I want to speak to the public speaking because when I speak to a lot of other builders, a lot of uh, other people in our network, they're always, you know, they always ask, well, how do you get comfortable in front of the camera? How do you get comfortable, you know, in front of an audience and speaking? So, I mean, you're, you're fairly young, Charlie. I mean, I look at you and I'm like, you know, you're so ambitious and you've had a mm-hmm. tremendous amount of experience, worked all over the country. How do you get to the point where you're comfortable speaking in front of people meeting new people, speaking in front of the camera. I mean, where does that come from? <laughs> oh, man. That's a great question, Brad. I actually used to be really shy growing up. I was shy. And then my, my sixth grade year, uh, I did a mission trip in South Dakota to a Native American reservation. And that's where I found like, oh, this is who I am. You know, I can be my goofy self and, and all that. And so I think it's just the process. You know, there's times where like when I got asked to do that college commencement speech, I was like, wow, this is in front of my peers, in front of parents. This is a packed arena. I mean, dude, I, I got nervous. And so I would go b- backstage and I just I just got on one knee and I prayed. And so Lord gave me strength. And so, again, it goes back to my faith. The Lord ha- just gives me that confidence going into each and every situation, whether that be speaking in front of thousands of people or knowing that I'm going to be speaking to thousands of people in front of the camera. I don't think there's been one moment, Brad, where I haven't been nervous. Even if it's going, hello, right behind me here, we've got the podcast with Brad, you know? <laughs> Uh, I think I think there's a little bit of nerves every time, but I think nerves is a good thing. That means you care. You want to put out a good product. You want to make sure that you're connecting with people and you want to do it the right way. So before going up to the stage, it's just mustering that courage and, you know, like Nike, just do it. Like Just, <laughs> just do it because you're going to have all these thoughts like, oh, what am I wearing? Like, oh, am I going to say the right thing? But I think at the end of the day, if you are just your authentic self, mm-hmm. that's where people will connect with most because they'll know hey, this guy isn't a phony. He's not just trying to be somebody he's not. And honestly, I think there's there's, there's a lot of that, you know, whether that be in the news or I'm sure you've seen in construction too mm-hmm. or whatever industry. And uh, there's been times where, you know, I, it's, the news is so subjective. So I, I'm myself, right? But there's been times where they're like, Charlie, you need to have a voice like this. You know, you need to be more like a, a traditional reporter. But then right. I, I've heard like, oh, Charlie, like just be more yourself, you know? So you hear it from people are going to have different opinions. And if I just listen to that all the time and listen to all the comments or what people think about me, that's going to drive me crazy. And that's something I've always been as a people pleaser. So that's personally what I've been working on in 2020, 2021 is being confident in who I am and who I was created to be and not just trying to please everyone else. hundred percent. Yeah. It's interesting. You say that because when they think about the authenticity, you know, that speaks to me. I was at a conference. It was actually a conference back East. It was in New York and there were a lot of, um, influencers from social media and they were speaking and it was fascinating because one of the ladies stood up and it, it spoke to me because she said look I, I would sit there in front of the camera and I'd do seven takes on LinkedIn you know doing a you know a selfie video and I'd keep re-recording it and you know I'd have my makeup done and hair done and everything and I'm like why why am I doing this and she's all now you know I'll get up in the morning and I'll post a video just this is me you know I won't yeah. have makeup on I won't have my hair done and yeah you know from females sometimes you get that critical 
opinion from them, you know, but she said, what I realized was, you know, I didn't have to have my hair done. I didn't have to have a perfect take on my camera. I'll just do it and be me. And then people Mm -hmm. got to know me. And that's when her account went viral. She's like, I went viral on LinkedIn, which is a big part of her business. And and that was interesting because in this day and age, and this is why I want to get into your podcast, because you really speak about this, Charlie, is that, you know, the the problem with social media, there's so many benefits to social media. I've seen how it's built you know, enhance my business, how it's built my network. And I've met some amazing people. I mean, we're connected essentially through that. And, you know, but what the downfall too, is it's a comparison for people. They feel that they have to compare themselves. They feel that they have to put this facade or, you know, I, I, you know, as builders, I have to be this status. Here's what I do. Everything's perfect. Or, you know, my daughters who are on social media, you know, the challenge they have Mm. of comparison and filters and other things. And so, you know, but when you're authentic and you're real and there are imperfections and you're not perfect in front of the camera, people can respect that. It's just, just do it. Just be comfortable. Just get in front of the camera and do it because people relate to you. Yeah. And so from your side, you know, like how, how have you, what, what made you start the podcast and then really what's the goal? And you know, as far as the, the guests that you bring on. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I just want to touch on what, um, something you said there too, about the, the filters and everything, you know, being a, an older brother, I have two younger sisters um, shout out to my, sing- my my mother, who's a single mother, and my mother-in-law is a single mother. The power of, of, of single mothers, praying women of faith, and, and obviously my wife, you know, a godly woman, Proverbs 31 woman I've prayed for my whole life. And so to, to, to see that there is this, um, it's just this disgusting uh, trap that I think young girls can, can fall into because they're, they're trying to attain something that's uns- unattainable because they look at what they see in the media and it's all it's all just fake. You know, it's all just a facade. It's all just, um, it's all money. It's all, you know, advertisers are trying to put something out there to try to get you to buy their product, which you can never attain. And so, and that's why I, I just, it just, it just irks me that plastic surgery is, is a thing. And that, you know, I mean, if, the, if you want to have, you know, plastic surgery and, and, and just feel good about yourself, that's, that's your thing. That's cool. But, you know, just the fact that we even need that industry in the first place um, I know there's a, benef- a medical side, a beneficial side, but I'm saying like for the vanity side of it, that, 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 that irks me too, because I believe that God made everybody beautiful as they are. And there shouldn't have to be this, this, um, yeah, just especially having daughters, you know, young girls, like, and when, when we have kids, I don't want my daughter to grow up thinking that she's not, or thinking she needs to be somebody else to impress another man. No, she needs to be who she is. And that's beautiful enough. And it comes from external and internal. So um, I just want to touch on that. And then also, yeah, going to my to my podcast, uh, I started it because um, a good friend of mine and, you know, my wife, they were encouraging me like, you got, you should start a podcast, man. You, you have, um, you know, all these stories to tell. And, you know, you've been through a lot in your life and a lot of pain and you've come out of it stronger. And and so it's 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 really twofold, Brad. I've just wanted to I wanted to be able to, to have a a platform to share more of my story and, and hopefully in doing so encourage other people that they're not alone, especially when it comes to mental health too. I think last year was a big um, growth for me mental health wise um, to the point where I realized, man, a lot of it comes from, stems from my you know, family background or the hurt I've experienced before and it, it's, it's coming up and spewing up to today. And so I want to encourage people that you know, taking care of your mental health is okay and you're not less of a man because of that. Also to um, raise up a, a generation of men, young men who will have character. As there's too many boys in this world, not enough men. You know, men who want to actually pursue women the right way and not just, you know, in it for a one night stand, not just in it for, um, you know, just for, for kicks. You know, this is like a commitment. And, uh, and so I want to be able to have that, that plan. For me, podcasting was a great way, like we spoke about earlier, Brad, is that I just think podcasting provides also an opportunity to speak to guests longer form and not just for a five to 10 second soundbite, which can be taken out of context. Context is also everything. And if you're going to share a story, you have to give them the justice and the due diligence of sharing it the right way and not just a five second soundbite to make it uh, seem more than what actually is. It could be something simple and it could be extrapolated into this, this drama when there shouldn't be drama in the first place. And so that's why I started it. And, you know, I've got this little project going on where um, you know, stay tuned. Uh, you may or may not hear from Steph Curry. You may or may not hear from Damian Lillard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you may or may not hear from a couple of good friends of mine. Uh, one's a teacher in, in Reno, and he's been working 
remote. Um, he's been working remote or yeah, remote and then going to and from the school and that learning from him and what his story is and, and how he's taught during a pandemic. Also my good friend, he's going to be there on there too, who is a, is a motivational speaker as well. So yeah, just, I want to have, again, going back to the diversity, a, a diverse thought process, having diverse guests who bring something to the table to add, and hopefully it can encourage listeners. So. I love that. I love that you have this diversity of connections. And so how have you cultivated those over the years? I know you've been, you work for Fox, you know, you worked in Detroit, you know, you've been all over. And so, you know, how is that working on the sports side, you know, with some of the athletes and stuff and building those relationships, like you mentioned, you may or may not have some pretty incredible guests. Coming up. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, how do, how do you turn that where they're, they're we, we spoke about this a little bit earlier in the conversation, but that relationship side where mm. there, there comes a point where even though they're busy and they have their careers where they're like, you know what, there's something different with Charlie. There's something that speaks to us that, you know, we want to get on there and share a different side of our life or our background. Yeah, I think it goes back to just being being my authentic self too and being able to relate with all different types of people no matter where you're at in life, whether you are an NBA player or you are a janitor, whether you're a CEO or you are, um, you know, a soldier. If, if you are in the military, you know, I come from a military um, family, you know, I didn't serve in the military, but I have so much respect for those who did. And, you know, my father was in the Air Force. My brother just got out of the Air Force. And I think it just goes back to that respect, you know, um, saying, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You know, sir and ma'am go a long way. And uh, respect goes a long way because there's a lot of people who aren't respectful today. So if you see if you're respectful enough for yourself, I think that can stand out in a crowd where, um, you know, people tend to be in it for the wrong reasons, whatever industry that is. And it, it, it is every industry. I'm sure lawyers experience this. I'm, and I'm sure you experience it in the construction industry. And, you know, people are, that will shake your hand, but then behind your back, they'll say something about you. Or they're, they're like sneaky about it. They try to do something to spite you or talk badly about you. Like, why? You know, why can't we just get along? We might be competitors, but, you know, this isn't like it's, it's warfare. This isn't like, you know, we're playing in the NBA finals where I, I have to be your competitor. Like we can be cool with each other. So. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So from a marketing side, I mean, how often, I know your wife is in marketing. How mm -hmm. often does she get involved or assist you, you know, being that you're in journalism, yeah. you're in media, you're podcasting. Do you collaborate? Does she work with you giving ideas on how to market and brand, you know, your personal brand and everything that you're doing? Yeah, we uh, actually, I mean, this is a little bit of announcement, but we're actually, um, I put in my two weeks at my last job. And so we are actually uh, going full force with our business. Wow. And so we got, you, sp you spoke to moving to uh, Argentina, right? Yeah. And how long were you there in Argentina? Uh, two years. When were you in Argentina? It was uh, from 1999 to 2001. So wow. 20 years ago, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so we feel really called to just live uh, internationally. Wow. And so we're actually going to be moving to Portugal in the summer. And we are going to be doing mission work over there. Um, and we, we just feel like the time is now, you know, we've been in toxic work situations before and we've been, um, you know, worked a lot even on our off days. And, you know, we just want to have the freedom to be able to pursue full force our callings, including you know, the podcasting, you know, her projects. And so, you know, we were just at a shoot yesterday in Sedona for one of her projects. And so being able to work together and build that business together to continue to um, you know, we're grateful for the experience we've had. And now we want to use that experience to, um, to build on, you know, the, the whole, the whole business that we have envisioned and to do mission work as well overseas. I love that. And, and I know we're getting, I want to be sensitive to your time too, Charlie, but it's interesting because going back to that conference, when I was speaking about the, the gal from LinkedIn, mm -hmm. you know, one of the comments was made was, you know, personal branding is per permanent job security. Mm -hmm. And that, that always stuck out to me because a lot of times your personal brand can enhance your company brand. And, you know, they work simultaneous. They work together. You know, they can, they can build each other. And in essence, you've done that. You know, over your career, you've, you've worked for different employees. You've been in different parts of the country. So you've been working for the company. You've been working for the brand and learning, mm -hmm. you know, how to edit and do your own video and writing <laughs> and everything you're doing and podcasting. Everything. And, and you have your own personal brand. And so how have you seen that leverage, you know, it's not that you're moonlighting or doing anything against your employer. You're simultaneously building that and your personal brand is also enhancing the company brand. So yeah. now as you go into your next venture, how has that prepared you? And do you feel that you're more set, you know, for you and your wife as you're pursuing these other uh, ventures? Definitely. I would say that experience, um, I'm grateful for every second of it, you know, and, and the people that we met in every single uh, position too. Um, 
you know, we are, we're, 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 it's, we're so grateful to God for the experiences because we, uh, you know, she was a, a producer editor at Ipsy and she worked at BuzzFeed as well. And so she was relied on to be the producer editor and to have these full out fun projects promoting, you know, fashion, beauty, lifestyle products. And, you know, that, that was a grind, but it was well worth it because now for the projects we're working on, we can have, you know, we can, we can turn projects in knowing that she was able to meet that deadline. And for me, meeting deadlines for employers, you know, shooting video, editing, reporting, producing all within, you know, a few hour time frame, knowing that, hey, I can do this. But I think that it's just such a mental thing, Brad, where it's different when you're working um, for an employer because, you know, that's that's your job. You got to mm -hmm. be on time, di diligent. But then when you're starting to do your own thing, it can be having that same like switch. Like I can still I got to bet on myself, like knowing that, you know, this is this is this is our business now. And so having that same mindset, that same type of grind and hustle mentality now applying to, to what we're doing. And so th all those traits we're working on to apply to, to what we're doing to continue to continue our mission and continue that passion that we have to to bring that light into the media. Well, I appreciate that, Charlie. I appreciate all you're doing for the industry, all you're doing for us and everyone. You know, authentic journalism is something we all need. I, it's very refreshing to hear that, right? Because we yeah. see everything else that's happening out there, you know, on every level. And, you know, we, we need more transparency, right? We need more honesty. And, and as you said, you know, you're trying to utilize these platforms for good, you know, not just, as you said earlier, this quote, I remember, if it bleeds, it leads, right? Yeah. That's sensationalism. So in addition to some of the things you mentioned in your podcast, where can our listeners find you? You know, where can they hear may or may not Steph Curry or Damian <laughs> Lillard, right? So we're, you know, these things coming up, where, uh, where can they find you and follow along the journey? <laughs> yeah, Brad, you can follow me at... Um um, anyone listening at Charlie Lap? That's uh, C H A R L I E L A P, as in Peter. And that's uh, on Instagram. That's Twitter. And then you know I mentioned earlier, my wife's Amber's TikTok is by Amber J B Y Amber in the letter J. And you can also find us on YouTube as well. Um, we have a YouTube channel called the Charlie and Amber Channel, and you can follow all of our adventures, um, building this next step of our journey together, and in our marriage and moving internationally, doing mission work. You can follow all of that at the Charlie and Amber uh, YouTube channel. Well, that's awesome, Charlie. You've been amazing. And we will have all these in the show notes for all of you so they can follow along and subscribe to you. So thanks for making time today. I appreciate it. Oh, also Authentically Podcast. It's called Authentically. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me. Uh, man, all the best to what you're doing in the construction industry. Keep it up. Keep making that authentic construction trade, man. You make some really cool stuff. So. Thanks. Well, maybe one day we'll collaborate together. So that'd be awesome. Thanks for having me, Brad. Yep. So thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. And just as a recap, if you check the show notes, they're just going to have all the links for the topics that we discuss. And also one of our favorite features now is the chapters that go through the conversation. So if there's certain topics you want to revisit or listen to, they're outlined by the time that we discuss those. And again, we can't thank you enough for all of your support. Please make sure and download our podcast, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review wherever you download your podcast.